are listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts, powered by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. I'm your host, Travis Condon, with the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce, joined by my co-host, Kat Deal, also from the Chamber. Kat, how are you? I'm good. How are you today, Travis? Doing very well. Now, Kat, we're uh, up in Ashby today, uh, right on Main Street in Ashby. Uh, We're inside enjoying the sights and sounds of the 873 Cafe and Tavern. And here's our guest today, owner and and chef. We have Sean Smith. Sean, how are you? Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) So, Sean, you actually just gave us a tour before we started the podcast. And one of the things that amazes me the most is just how many layers. It's almost like four or five different ventures all rolled into one. And that's something I definitely want to dive into on a little bit. But first of all, let's talk about the 873 Cafe and Tavern, because I understand this was an establishment before, uh, closed down during the pandemic. You're fortunate enough, you teamed up with the Development Corporation uh, under the armor of the chamber, and you're able to breathe new life into this place. So how did it come to be that you ended up here um, at this location and decided, I'm going to make a go of this in the middle of a pandemic? Right. So before that, I was at the Fae Club in Fitchburg for about two and a half years. And um, I was kind of thinking of what my next step would be. And I thought, you know, I was talking to my wife and I, we were kind of going back and forth on a couple of ideas for a restaurant in the local area. And I really, really wanted Fitchburg. And I had multiple um, business plans, if you will, that, that we were looking at and nothing was going through. So my backup was to take everything that I had equity into my home, everything, and just move to Boston, go to Mita, work with Douglas Williams, who I thought was a fascinating chef. I was in contact with him. And then literally a week later, um, a friend said, you know, there's this place in Ashby. You should really look at it. I think it's built for you. And um, yeah, a year later, I'm still here. Douglas Williams wins James Beard Award. So <laughs> crazy. Now, you mentioned your experience at the Fake Club, but you've actually got like, what, 25 years in the restaurant industry? A little more than that, but yeah, about, about that. Where did you start out at? Where was started, your first I, job? I started as a dishwasher. Um, actually, my first job was really McDonald's, and then my buddy was like, hey, man, we're short of dishwasher. And that was the Colonial uh, Hotel in Gardner. Um, so I passed this restaurant all the time, and it was in Winchenden where I was living. It was called the Brass Pineapple. Um, Chef Paul Wilson owned it with his brother Scott, and it basically was, you know, this idea of exotic foods. They would do ostrich and kangaroo, and and just like it was like the worst place to start at a restaurant because they were doing so so many things that were prolific. Um, so I, I actually just washed dishes there, and uh, six and a half years, about six and a half years, I was a chef apprentice. That's amazing. Yeah. One of the things that I always find fascinating when you talk to folks that work in the culinary industry is everybody starts from the bottom. They mm-hmm. started that dishwasher and then moved their way up through the ranks. For you as a chef, how important was it to kind of get that foundation and really start and work your way through all those different positions in the kitchen? I didn't want or know that I wanted to be in the restaurant industry. You know, I started, if anything was my passion was boxing. and I did it for a numerous around the years if nothing failed if nothing worked in my life I would box mm-hmm. you know that was my my ticket out and you know um I, that's you know I was when I was older and graduated high school um I had a basically a, a huge learning disability that I just didn't want to 
you know, pursue anything in an institution. If I could not read or write, I would want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the funny thing about the restaurant industry is all reading and writing. So sure. we can just throw that out the window, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. And I, one semester I survived in, you know, what, uh, the Mount Wachusa Community College. And I would just think about what Paul Wilson was doing. So I was like, this is, this really just isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tried the ASVAP and I bombed the ASVAP test. It took me three times to get my license, you know, with the same state trooper, yeah. you know, <laughs> sitting right there next to me. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, man, is, you know, how am I learning? Like, what, what do I really want to do? And yeah. I always found myself bouncing back to a kitchen. And I'd say it's worked out pretty well for you. Not bad. We're yeah. glad you're back in the kitchen. Not bad. How would you say your lessons as a boxer have helped you? in the restaurant industry and and as an entrepreneur? Discipline. So I'd say there's probably, and I've, and I've gone through this myself a few times and was like, you know, where was it where I, it just clicked for me. And I don't think it ever, you can't go zero to a hundred, right? You have to start somewhere. And I was lucky to have Joanne Bunnell as a school teacher who was just like on my ass. Like you have to do this yourself. You have to make sure that you're accountable for your work. And when things started to work out in school, because I was such a terrible student, um, I was able to maneuver that way of thinking into boxing. And I lost my first three fights in boxing. So it wasn't like boxing just came to me. I mm-hmm. lost three fights in a row, my first three fights. And you know, my coach, Billy Clyde, was like, you know, maybe this isn't for you. And I remember, like, the next day running to the next town over, and I found something. And that was, like, really cool. The only bad part about that is it was, like, 15 miles or whatever it was. I had to walk back, you know, and I didn't mind the walk back because it was, like, oh, my gosh, I can actually do something. I gained a little bit of a nugget. So when I didn't have anything, basically when I graduated high school, and I was about 19 or 20 years old, and my oldest was being born, I was like, I have to get my stuff together. So what I'm going to start to do is look at all the top chefs that are in my area, and I'm going to work for all of them. And that's how I'm going to start. And I'm going to use a strategy just like in boxing, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to calculate and, and understand them and just, and just try to research them and ask all the dumb questions that I can. And I was looking at Paul Wilson. He had uh, graduated from Johnson & Wales, and, you know, he'd show me his textbook, and we'd go over that thing like three or four times, and he would just help me with it. And I just soon saw myself progressing faster than the kids that were graduating from, you know, culinary school because I was doing it as a dishwasher at 14. If he was yelling for a pan, I just gave him the pan. Usually it freaked everybody out. I was, you know, they couldn't operate in that environment Mm -hmm. well I'm used to that environment I love that environment you know so those seems like great lessons that came from a boxing career and now you've moved it so well into the dicey world of restaurant ownership right and you know you're again you're not going to get anything without friction Mm -hmm. you know and I always believe like if you're gonna suffer for something then you should go do that for a job because if you're not, then why would you want to really do it? It's just, it's like, that's not a career, that's a job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, is it worth it to you and the ones around you to 
to, to have that kind of lifestyle. I don't know. 873 Cafe and Tavern. It's much more than a cafe and a tavern. And for the listeners who haven't come out here yet, can you tell us what the layout is like in terms of the different businesses you have under this one umbrella with the restaurant? Right. So under the umbrella, we'll, we'll say that we cut the building in, in two. So in the, in the um, front of the building, there's 873 Cafe. And then when school breaks out, we'll, we'll start to um, uh, implement our deli. And we also have Farmhouse Restoratives, which is like a boutique, um, antique furniture. Uh, she does everything by hand, handcrafted. She's amazing. Uh, Nicole Nutting. And we also have an ice cream parlor, which has a pickup, an order and a pickup window. You can eat inside, you can eat outside. Our ice cream that we use is New England ice cream. They're out of Atterboro. Um, Cherry Hill uses them. Um, it's soft. It's delicious. Uh, we have moon track. So <laughs> come on down and try it. And then uh, in the back, we have Smith Hill Tavern, which has a function room. And then in our tavern, we have local brew uh, beers um, on tap from River Sticks, uh, Moon Hill, Bull Spit. Um, who else is the other one? Can't think of the other one. Um, but we do great wines, uh, handcrafted cocktails, and then we do like a Nouvelle modern style twist on food. And so you mentioned several local partnerships between the tavern and also um, the, the, the store you have in the front. How important was it for you to find local partners to make this venture work? Um, it was easy to find the partnership and, and harder to sell the idea. Um, but So what do you mean by that? I mean that in a way that, you know, I had to look, when I first started looking at North Central Mass as a spot that I'd actually want to open a restaurant in, I was working in Romaine's Restaurant or um, Great Road Kitchen, and these were restaurants outside of uh, um, Central Mass, and they were all really prolific restaurants in their area. They all won, you know, they all won awards. They were the top dog in their area. They had top chefs, um, chefs plural. They had like three in the kitchen. Um, so in order to maneuver that into North Central, in my opinion, that we've never really kind of seen that you could say apples to apples, that's the same thing. I knew it would be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I wanted the challenge of being one of the first people to bring that here and um, you know, show people that, hey, we can do this. This is in my backyard and I'm going to take it to this level. When you first took over or thought about coming here to the 873 Cafe and Tavern and reopening it, bringing new life to it, did you know that you were going to be doing all these different ventures, or how did this <laughs> how did this how did this plan come together to say you know we're going to Sean, add well, Travis? Yeah, was uh, your plan all laid out? Yeah, well, it's weird because so many things failed for me, and say, and I think Sandy Cataldo could could uh, speak about this, which is really funny. I had so many business plans that didn't work, but I had all those business plans. You know, like from, um, you know, food trucks to shacks uh, to, to high-end restaurants, just all these different facets that I was like, you know what, I'm going to put this in the closet. You know, someday I could, I guess someday I could probably use it. And, you know, we were about a year into the tavern part of it. And, you know, the front was still open and I didn't have to go into the front, but everybody was like, we need breakfast. We need, there's no place for breakfast. There's no place for coffee. And I, I had to really sit on an idea that would work and really be awesome for people where you could dine in and you could take out. It could be quick um, and it could be just absolutely delicious, like chicken and waffles, mm. um, Cubanos, paninis, 
um, a falafel, um, panini, you know, a French toast, you know, it's just like we do so many creative stuff and I got so many like really well-rounded people working with me. Um, and I made sure that I just, I hired with experience. I'm, I'm a strong believer. And if you have experience and that's all I have to lean against, I'll lead against that all day long. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, you were talking earlier about, um, the way that you put it all together and you had all these business plans. When we were touring earlier, it's a very curated feel. When you walk into the building and it doesn't matter where you walk into the building, it's all very similar. Did you have an idea in mind that you wanted it to feel old world, rustic, that sort of beautiful, elegant, but heavy, natural feeling that you get in here with the wood and the, and the glass, you know, right. the beautiful window features. Every little bit is such a great style and vision. Was that part of it when you, when you took it over? Well, my thought process was like, okay, we already have, you know, if I'm, in a, if I'm a band member or if I'm in a band, hey, we have a great drummer. We're going to work around this great drummer. So... Um, I, I looked at the building and I said, well, look at this fireplace. Look, look at these wood beams. And then I said well, to myself, I said, hey, we're just going to go one room at a time. And we're going to make sure that first room is finished. And then we'll move on to the other, you know, room and mm-hmm. make sure that's finished and then move on from that. And then, then we did the patio and then we just found ourselves like, all right, we're kind of done with the back here. You know, we kind of have an idea of where we want to go. Um, what do we think about the front? And it was like pulling teeth because I really didn't want to do it. I was kind of set in, I was like, I know, I know how much work it is, you know? Um, But I was like, I really looked at it as a challenge and then I could see it. And I was like, if I can see it, I can do it. So let's do this. Let's, let's make sure this happens. I'm really glad you did. One of the neat things too, I know Kat mentioned the flow of it, but it almost at the same time too, you find a way to make it all fit stylistically, but it also feels like an individual thing. Like if you're in the ice cream parlor, you feel like you're in an ice cream parlor. Right. When you're in the tavern, you feel like you're in a tavern. When you're in this room right here, you right. feel like you're in like, there's a reception going on. There's a restaurant. Um, it's all got its own feel. So how did you find, strike that balance? Even from where you're sitting, right, Travis, if you look across, if you look all the way down and you see that gallery, right, mm-hmm. that's all gallery Sitka. So, you know, I rent the art, art comes in and it's fantastic art, right? But from where you're sitting, that looks like a gallery. Yeah. Now, if you sat on the opposite side, now you look, you're looking at a rustic room. It took me seven months to figure out what, what, what would I paint this room, you know, and then go from hiring Crystal and Lisa design and decor to kind of get the vision right. You know, I know that sounds really meticulous, but fast forward on a, um, a side, side note, um, I was in a band for 10 years, right? And in this band... We started with two-minute jingles, three-minute jingles in our first couple of years. And we weren't really serious. And I said, hey, man, if we're all going to stick together, there's got to be no boundaries in what we're doing. And we really have to do our research. we got to come correct. We have to really work hard at this. I don't care if one person listens to it. I want to make this the best that it can possibly be. When we finished, last time we went to the studio, the songs were at 11 minutes, 9 minutes, 15 minutes, Right. And we took one song at a time. And that's where the concept really comes from, is we're going to work one song and then move on to the next one. Don't try to record all of them, just one thing at a time. And then I just took that same method into this to work to, to get through it so I could see it. And if, again, if you can see it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. 
And clearly you have done it here at the <laughs> 73. Uh, with the cafe, you said a lot of folks were wondering, you know, we need a place to get coffee. We need a place to get food early in the morning. So for you, what's it like to be able to come into Ashby and kind of fill that void and help out the community with those needs that the residents are looking for? That was the sole purpose. But again, you know, for me, if I'm going to do it, it has to be, if I'm going to put my name on it, it's got to be right, you know, and I'm very meticulous when it comes to those things. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, there isn't a guy upstairs that I have to go to and say, hey, um, you know, what do you think about this idea? I have to convince myself first that, you know, this is going to be it. This is really, really going to work. Um, and trust me, there's, there's pads and pads, pads and pads of, of paper somewhere where I'm just like ripping my hair out like, oh God, you know. And some might say it's almost harder when you have to convince yourself because you are your harshest critic. Exactly. Right. right. And, you know, it's, it's just finding things that for me that always come down to being more simplistic but are more cohesive and that I know can work. You know, Sean, um, you've done an amazing job here and I know our region isn't the only region that's noticed it. Recently, it was shared that you were highlighted. This was a restaurant on a TV show. Um, And I I wonder, what is the process that you have to go through for that to even happen? Did they approach you? Was it a call to restaurants? Well, I had a friend uh, approach me about it. And I, you know, I, when when she first approached me about it, I said, no, you know, I don't know. I couldn't say 90, I can't, still can't say it, 90 day fiance. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know what she was talking about. She's trying to tell me like, you know, the network it's on. I'm like, okay. You know, she's like, it's a reality television show. And I was like, it's got me, Sean. It's got me. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, again, I was like, no. And then she called me again and she said, you know, you really, really, really should think about this. Think about the publicity. And I was like, "I, I just don't think it will work. And then boom, the producer calls me. And he's like, she's like, sorry. She's like, hey, you know, you really should not pass this up, you know? And I was like, I really don't want to do it. And he's, she's like, no, 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 you got to try it. And I was like, all right. So we tried it and, you know, they, they did a really, a really fabulous job. And I, f- I feel yeah. a little special because we're actually at the same table. Right. Yes, with we this, are. the fireplace right behind us. <laughs> we are. Well, I figured since, you know, they shot here, it would work for us. I think it would. I think it works really well. Uh, My daughter is a huge fan of the show. So when she saw it, she's like, Mom, that's where you were. I was like, that is exactly where I was. That's exactly where I was. Now, now that you know what it's about and you've been able to see the clip, what is it like, though, seeing your designs, your your vision for the restaurant kind of up there on on a television show? On a national platform. And I I know this is going to sound so vain. It doesn't mean anything at all. And I know, I know I probably shouldn't say that, but it really, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, what makes me, I'm not, yeah, I am a chef. That's awesome. I love cold beer. I'm not a, a beer connoisseur, but I'm, I love serving people. I love making people happy. And I mean that when I say it, like you come in and you're like, that was awesome. Yeah. You know, that was just, and then you come in the next day and you're like, oh, that was great. I got to work my way through this menu. And now we're talking, now, now, now we're moving the ball. So those are the things that I pay attention to, you know, not necessarily the, uh, the other, the other stuff that comes with it. And there's folks eating in the tavern right now and you can hear the laughter a little bit right. in the background here. And, and, um, how do you feel that the 873 has really been embraced by the folks in Ashby and North Central Massachusetts? Is it becoming, yeah. is it becoming like a regular stop for folks? I, I think so. And I think, you know, our weekends are really starting to pick up more. Um, again, I have the smallest kitchen for what we do in North Central. Um, but it's a, it's a lot of room, 
you know, I come from these, these, uh, these kitchens that have, you know, French uh, brigades, you know, we call that, that's what we call it. You know, one guy's on saute, one guy's on grill. And then usually they have what's called commie cooks that work right with them, helping them. Um, you know, you have garmerger cooks, you usually have two or three, you have a guy on oyster. So oh, two pizza cooks, you know, there's maybe two, three people back there on a Friday, Saturday night. And then from what we hear, it's just worth the wait. Um, I wish I could, you know, have a magic oven where I could press something and, and put out these dishes, but it, it, take, it takes the sweat from your brow to make this work. And, you know, that's, you know, that's where we're trying to go with it. I will attest my husband and I came and had a four course meal <laughs> with different um, delicious drinks to go with each one. Your waitress made amazing suggestions for us. Awesome. And while you think it's a wait, it wasn't a wait. We had an amazing time and uh, are excited to, to come back. It is, the food is amazing. You, it is a treasure to have you as a chef in our region. Appreciate that. I know one of the biggest comments too, and we had our, um, we had one of our after hours events here and it was interesting because the after hour had ended and I, there was a whole group of folks that decided they were just going to stay yeah. right. for like a people. long time. Yeah. After. Right. That's what we hear. They shut it down and right. uh, we're sorry about that, but not sorry nope. at the same time. But I think it speaks to the atmosphere that people were so comfortable here that they didn't want to go. And no. that's, you know, I had a, a really good friend last night. He, he was like, you know, you don't leave 873 under two hours, man. I was like, you know, he, you're just so comfortable when you get yeah. here. You know, the staff is so, you know, happy to greet you and the food is very comfortable. Um, it's not a pretentious menu. I'm not a pretentious chef. You know, I just want to make you happy. And let's talk about the food because the minute I walked in the door, all I could smell was whatever's cooking in the kitchen today. Yeah. Right. What am I smelling right now? I guess you're smelling prime, you're smelling our, our delicious prime rib. Oh. oh. Yeah. It's prime rib Thursdays, usually up here. Mm-hmm. Um, we do loaded mashed potatoes and asparagus with it. Like tonight we have seared scallops with smoked to, uh, tomato polenta and a corn machu. Uh, this weekend we're going to have tenderloin, plenty more scallops, you know, fried clam strips. Um, you know, and then we're also introducing a new menu uh, this weekend as well. Oh, wow. So what's- so we have a new lunch menu. We have a new brunch menu. We have a new dinner menu. We have a new comfort menu. And the cafe menu just, we the cafe's been open for about two and a half weeks. So we change our menus about two and a half months out of the year. So now once someone gets a favorite, do the favorites sometimes stay on there or is it like, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's some (laughs) things that I cannot take off and I get it. But you know, in October, when I started this process of every two and a half months, the menu is going to change. I knew I had a map if I made it to October. So we didn't have our liquor license for four months and we opened with breakfast, uh, lunch and ice cream. Mm -hmm. Um, and then basically, and I'd say, August. No, I think it was like September. We got our liquor license and I was like, thank God, you know, I can, I can open, you know, just lunch, dinner and, uh, ice cream for the most part. So the process became, all right, I'm going to change the menu every two and a half months. And this October will be the first time, actually September, half of September will be the first time that, you know, I actually get to see a menu that I've already written. Um, and then it's just basically about refinement after that. Mm -hmm. It's about, I'm not going to create anything new. There, and I don't think a chef ever does. There aren't these, like, there may, might be nuances, but there aren't really anybody that's, like, recreating the wheel, right? It's about refinement. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't spend any money on grabbing silverware or plates or, or cups because I really don't have the full view, in my opinion, or the vision. 
you know? So to wait for that and finally in September to get there, I can tell you I've already done that menu before. I know what it needs specifically for those two and a half months. Mm-hmm. And then once we change, I've seen that menu. Right. I know specifically what we need as far as our cocktails, our wines and different beers and, you know, because everything should reflect around the food. The, the alcohol should reflect the food, not mm-hmm. the other way around. You know, when I was researching North Central Mass and their food, you know, and I love these items just as much as everybody else does. Uh, baked haddock with um, uh, rice pilaf and mm-hmm. vegetable medley. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. And then everybody's got Kino and 100 TVs in the bar. And I'm like, all right, cool. So what am I going to do? to be completely different and put this on its head and make it so awesome. And that uh, I'd have to challenge myself to turn that menu every two and a half months. Wow. So, and, and that, that I think will bring the best out of you so you can refine the food. Your job is to refine it. You know, Marco Pierre White said that, you know, mother nature's the artist, the chef is the mechanic, you know? So that's, yeah. that's my job. And I love the fact that you've got a menu that is stable for two and a half months. So you've got time as a patron to come in and experience everything on the menu. And then you get the time to revisit that and say, well, now I know how to make the smallest change that you might have figured at the end of that last two and a half months. Right. And you're like starting off with a bang now with your new menus. Like when you when you revisit that menu. So I also know that you have a rotating amount of specials and I've also looked at the menu extensively and know that you partner more than with just local breweries. You have other local um, partners as well on your menu. Dick's Market Garden. um, And I know Steve pretty well. Um, And I'm there, you know, every morning I pass it. I live in Lunenburg. So I pass, you know, Northfield Road and then I drive into Fitchburg, Ashby on the the crazy side streets where you're going to die people it's 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 scary it's where dragons roam and wizards hackle hats it's crazy um but yeah we you know and 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 it it inspires me because i believe like i believe like if you're gonna write an addition it's not a special because a special your menu special yeah so it's an addition to your already special menu i love that and you know it like you look at all right, well, today's special is going to be, it's like, no, it, go outside, figure out what the weather's going to be, be and, and what the mood might be and look at fresh vegetables and, and decide, all right, what's a good pairing for that and see how you could create something that's going to be fresh. That's amazing. That's yeah. a great way to look at food because yeah. that's how we all look at food at home, right? If it's chilly, oh, I want soup and a, sal- a sandwich Absolutely. or I'm going to go for something warm or it's hot outside. I want a salad. Like, to play with that and to be so intuitive about your menu, that just expands how you right. know, amazing the menu it, is and, already. And it's, it's like you, you open your refrigerator when you're home and you pick out these ingredients in your refrigerator. You might have a recipe book and then you put all these things together and then you start to cook them. And it takes you an hour, an hour and a half to do it. And then by the time you're done with it, you maybe want to eat it. <laughs> you're exhausted. You're like, huh. But it's like, I want to go somewhere where they take the care and the consideration to do that. If you're going to do that, and I know that, then I have to bring my A game every day. You know, every day I got to bring my A game because I know that, especially in North Central Mass, they love to cook at home. Yeah. So if I have to get you out of your house, <laughs> out those pajamas, I better be cooking something pretty good. And, and one of the great things, too, is that you're still in the kitchen. You, you know, you're running this place, but you're also still very much involved in the kitchen. 
How crucial right. important was it for you to have that role to remain as, you know, this is, I'm, I'm running the place, but I'm still going to be hands-on in the kitchen, going to be cooking these meals. Well, I have, you know, I picked a number, you know, uh, because I'm really, really stupid and will probably work until I'm a hundred. Right. So I decided, all right, look, you can be an executive chef for mm-hmm. 10 years. I'm 39 going on 40 in October. So you have 10 years of an, ex- of an executive chef in you to bring it into a serious game, like serious game. I'm never, the chances of me, you know, when I decided to come to Ashby, when I made the decision to come to North Central Mass, I know there's no James Beard Award. I know yeah. there's no national recognition. I know that. I know that's how they think. I, trust me. I know it. So for me to come out here, that doesn't mean I don't have to have uh, an award-winning kitchen for myself and how I see it and how I perceive it. You know, if I go to your restaurant and you ain't, you won James Beard, I'm, I'm picking you apart just like a boxer. And I'm looking at what you guys do right and what I need to bring back to my community in my backyard, right? So that's how I look at it. And that's why I picked out a number. <laughs> um, so... I could, I could help that next person because there's going to be a next person in line, hopefully, because shit, there aren't too many of us around here. So, you know, to, for me to build something to support that other person and make sure that that other person's going to be successful if they mean it, if they're willing to suffer for it, you know, because if you're willing to do that, your body and your mind can come together. And then if, you, if that can come together, man, then you can do anything, right? So you have to have that mentality. You have to have this will that is like, all right, I know I'm going to have long hours, so let's get something done the right way. But also have good mentorship where you can give your career, put your career in their hands and they can help you get to where you need to be. That's such a beautiful way to look at it, yeah. that you're, you're looking at not just yourself, but you're not, and not just even the next person that you're looking at. This is how this is impacting your community. So you want to make sure that the legacy right. is here and that someone else is going to be here to take it over right. to continue your, your vision in the right way, in the right way. So if you had somebody from, I don't care, LA, Chicago, New York, if they came over here, you know, they're like, these guys are correct. The, this is a well-balanced standard. This is really, really good. This meets the quality of, of anybody that's out there for the level where we are. You know, I don't play second fiddle to nobody. I don't try to. So I need to know, all right, you know, some, you're not going to win them all, you know, mm-hmm. but you don't, you can make a mistake. You just can't keep making the same mm-hmm. mistakes. I think it's like David Goggins. He's like, you know, we, we fall. Um, you're not going to fall to the level of your expectations. You're not going to rise to the level of your, of your expectations. You're going to fall to the level of your training. Ooh. Okay. So if you're not ready the, the, the day before you go in, you could be walking into something that is just not going to be fun. Yeah. I look at how many entrepreneurs and it's kind of like, let's just get this place open and, and, and we'll figure it out from there. But you're really almost thinking like 10, 20 steps ahead. Without question. Cause I've seen it done, you know, and that's the, the thing is like you could always lean up against your experience. Like when, yeah. it, when things get tough and they get really, really tough in this industry, you have to have, you know, really good experience to see it all. You know, I've worked with, in my opinion, the best chefs in North Central and a little bit outside of North Central, you know. Um, but I see, you know, what they've had to go through and the lessons that they've taught me. So, you know, I'm not banging my head on a wall. I just so choose to work longer hours, work really, really, really hard into what I'm doing. And, you know, if it inspires somebody, some young kid to really want to take it serious, you know, they know that they're going to have to do the same. They're going to have to earn their stripe. 
you know, um, I haven't earned my stripe yet, in my opinion. You know, I, I still got a long way to go um, and, and, and do things that I, I, I really don't even think are imaginable. You know, have a moon shoot mentality, you know, mindset where you're like, well, you know, it's, you know, it's uh, 10% of revenue. Well, how could that be a thousand percent revenue? How do you how do you just make this thing so incredible? What's one piece of advice that you've been given from your mentors and, and folks that you've interacted with over the years that you would take and then impart on somebody else? Like if you had to pick one kind of nugget to impart on somebody else who might want to get into the kitchen. So what I've learned is that like, you know, you're not going to learn these, these lessons and necessarily these values that they're going to, that necessarily society is going to put into your brain. Right. Um, Cause you might compute that totally different than, you know, how they're, how they're trying to teach you and how to learn and do it. Right. In my opinion, you got to reach, you got to reach things that you, you, you look at are like, you know, this, this naturally fits like me, you know, and that's what I did before. I, I knew it would be tough. I knew it would be just like a knockout, like a drag out fight. So I had to find people like Maynard James Keenan from tool. Uh, that was a visionary. You know, that was my first thing, a moon shooter, a moon shooter mindset. I had to find David Goggins, like, how to, you know, callous your mind and how to really work, work hard in the morning. You know, if you can win the night, you can win the morning. I found the best chef, one of the best chefs in the world, Marco Pierre White, you know, and researched him. You know, Marco Pierre White never went to culinary school. Marco Pierre White just worked with all the best chefs that were in his local area and became one of the best chefs in the world. He didn't care about awards. He won Michelin stars, but he didn't care about them, those accolades. He just wanted to be the best chef that he could be. Mm-hmm. He wanted to refine his food. And then, you know, when things get tough, you have to reach into your bag. Well, you know, you got to find those things for yourself and those things that are going to motivate you and you have to have a discipline. And if you could, if you can kind of put all that stuff together, you know, you can be the best version of yourself. And for those who are joining us on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast right now, we are chatting with Sean Smith from the 873 Cafe and Tavern on Main Street in Ashby. Um, I can't remember all of your hours for your different places, but we're going to let you talk about it. So can you tell us which portion is open uh, when? Okay, so 873 Cafe is um, open Wednesday through Saturday, 6 to 1. Yeah. Um, then we have Farmhouse Restoratives that is open Wednesday through Sunday, and she's open usually around 11.30 to about 5 p.m. Uh, ice cream is open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., and then Smith Hill Tavern is open 11.30, Tuesday through Saturday uh, till 9 p.m. And then Sunday we do brunch at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then dinner's open at 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. And somehow you keep track of all that. Yeah. That's impressive right there. That's what I have to do. That's impressive. Yeah. Travis Condon here, also joined by Cat Deal and Sean Smith from the 873 Cafe and Tavern here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes on Podbean, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.